He is good. God is a good God. A lot of people lie about God. He's a good God. You know, he thinks about you. And he has, he has, you, you, you think like, I was thinking the other day. When the president is going to go somewhere, do you know how much preparation they put in? I had a friend and uh, her sister worked in the communications department of the White House for about three or four years. And just the amount of, you know, teams that they send ahead of time <clears throat> just in the communications arena to get everything set up. And then you talk about, you know, law enforcement and preparation and all of that. I mean, I don't even want to know how much money all that must cost to, <clears throat> to get that around. But that's just natural preparation that we know how to do. But before we were even on the scene or even like they, what do they say, a glimmer in our parents' eye. God had made provision for mankind. Knowing our weaknesses, faults, failures, and he made provision. He, he, uh, Jesus was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So God was already, had already made provision before we even, mankind was even on the scene, before the earth was even on the scene. God made provision. And so he, he's like the ultimate planner. And you think like, what kind of party could he throw? What's the marriage supper of the lamb going to be like? You know, I, I, my mind can't even begin to comprehend it because of the preparation of the Lord. And uh, he knows exactly what's going on in your life. Every hair on your head is numbered. And, and he knows it. There's not a sparrow that falls to the ground that he's not aware of. God is not aloof and off somewhere just sitting watching like, oh, <laughs> you're going to mess that up. You're going to mess that up. <laughs> I've seen like, you know, 20, uh, 15 billion people make that mistake. Now you're going to make, no. He makes provision. Actually, in time of temptation, he provides a way of escape so that you don't have to fall to that. But he is love itself. So because he is love himself, he's not going to force you to do anything. But he's going to make every provision possible every preparation possible, every avenue possible for you to make the right decision. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, he said, have faith in God. Lay hold on God's faithfulness. Grab hold of God's faithfulness. Don't try to do it with your own faithfulness, your own stability, uh, because eventually that will come to an end, and normally sooner than later. Sooner than you think. <laughs> But Jesus said, have faith in God or lay hold of the faithfulness of God. That's like a, that's a theme verse for our church, but that ought to be a theme verse for your life, that I'm not doing this on my own. I am trusting God with all that I am and all that I have and all that's been given to me to steward. I am trusting God, and he is going to come through. He always does. His word cannot fail. You come up with something, it can fail. It's possible. But his word cannot fail. It's not possible for it to fail. His word is infallible. 
In Psalm 119, it says, I have seen an end to the perfection of all things, but there is no end to the perfection of thy word. The Psalms talk a lot about, you know, like if you'd like take gold, if you find gold, that would be awesome if you found gold. <laughs> but then either you or someone else is going to put that under the fire to refine it. In that same chapter, Psalm 119 talks about the word has been tested and tried as by fire and been found to be pure. No impurities in the word. It is pure. In other words, you, you know, there's an end to the perfection of all things. So uh, like I used it, like to use the example with Dave, you know, because he, he likes cars. A lot of guys like cars. You get the perfect car and you will find imperfections. You get like the perfect building, you'll find imperfections. <laughs> Does anybody else know why I was laughing? You may be single and you find the perfect man or the perfect women and you'll find imperfections. But there is no end to the perfection of the word of God. My favorite verse in Psalms is Psalms 119, 128, which says, Therefore, I esteem your precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. I esteem or I hold up your precepts above all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Uh, one of the reasons that I, I really love that verse is because I don't understand a lot of things. And I don't know a lot of things. And even Paul said, what we do know, we know in part. Or we see through a glass darkly and dimly. Thank God for what we know. But we don't know everything. But what we do know is we know what the Word says. And if we can act on the Word, what the Word says, we can get the results that God has promised whether we fully comprehend it or not, and if you think you fully comprehend the word, you, you don't understand God. <laughs> I love the word. Because I can, I can meditate on Mark eleven twenty two 22, right now, out loud with you, and I can do it tomorrow, and I can do it next week, and I can do it every day for the rest of my life. And I can get more revelation, more understanding, more stability. My anchor and my root goes deeper and deeper and deeper into the things of God because there is no end to the depth of revelation and light that God will give to the hungry heart. Amen. So I esteem his word above all else to be true. Well, because you don't know everything in life and you have circumstances and situations uh, that go contrary to what the Word of God has declared to be true and is a reality. And so to act in the face of those circumstances, you have to know something about God and something about His character, that He is not a man that He should lie. So you look to Him, and you find out something of His character. Well, you see the character of God revealed in the life of Christ. Look at Christ. They had religious leaders at that time. They had scholars at that time. They had teachers at that time. But there was no one that ever spoke like him. No one ever spoke with such love and such authority and such power as Jesus himself. Well, I guess if the creator speaks to you, speaks to the creation, 
uh, he kind of is an authority on the subject. <laughs> Not only did he create you, but he came and lived in a human body and experiences the str- experienced the stresses, the pressures, the temptations, the opportunities, uh, the tiredness. In other words, he'd been through it. He's touched with the feelings of your infirmities and my infirmities. Infirmity is just inability to produce results. We all want to like produce results and be successful. Like you don't want to, who wants to like build something and have it just fall down? Unless you're doing dominoes. But even then, who wants to do like 2,000 dominoes and have it fall down when you got to number 500? You have to start all over. He's a good God, and he has made a way that we can live a victorious, abundant life here on the earth before we get to heaven. Being born again actually changes you from the inside out at that very moment. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Your whole life is changed, whether you're conscious of that change or not. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. This changes everything. So your source of life and hope and direction and why you do what you do now should be from God. He has a plan for your life, specific plan for your life and specific to your life. And if you're born again and you are frustrated, you're not following the plan of God for your life. That is not the plan of God. He made a way at the cost of the life of Jesus, his son, so that you don't have to live frustrated and overwhelmed and in debt and sick and tired and done so you could live free. So if that's you, you don't condemn yourself. Just have faith in God. Stop laying hold of your own faithfulness. Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Just like, just actually be excited that you don't have strength to do it, that you have realized it. Because now you've turned to the Lord in your weakness there, you're strong. As soon as you realize how weak you are, how fragile you are, you realize how strong he is and how he'll hold you up in in any time, any test, any trial, he will hold you up. He'll make it come to pass. You don't have to make it come to pass. In fact, if you try to make it come to pass, you'll cause more problems. You'll mess up your faith because your faith then becomes in you. But when you can stop and say, look what God has done in my life. This is because of the goodness of God. This is because this is my God. This is how he is. He's not evil. He is full of goodness. And if you give him the least opportunity, he will bless you. He'll raise you up. I was talking to someone this week, just this week, who had been through some very traumatic experiences. And when they begin to hear who you are in Christ, that in Christ you are a new creature, old things have passed away, that you are favored of God, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that he has made you right and righteous, that what you're doing is not wrong, that what you're doing, you know, unless you're sinning, you know, <laughs> that, but that what you're doing in life 
if you are relying and trusting in God through his son Jesus, if he is your, your hope for the day, your strength for the day, your foundation, like I have put my trust in him. In this situation, I don't know what to do. I've put my trust in him. As soon as you begin to find out who you are in Christ and the authority that you have, this person said, if they hadn't been put in that position, they, their life would be extremely messed up or they wouldn't even be alive right now. Do you remember when the gospel came to your house, your household? Gospel came to my house. Maybe not what we would term maybe the full gospel, but part of it. Once I, once I, uh, um, got revelation of the authority of a believer and our position in Christ, who we are in Christ, changed my life forever. Fear took a back seat, actually became under my feet. Before I was afraid. Sometimes I'll still see that fear in my own life and I'll realize it. Actually, I was talking to Dave the other day and I said, you know, when I was uh, young, I bought a Ford, 1984 Ford Escort was my first car. And I bought it from my brother for $1,000. And he had, just, he had just changed the automatic transition to a manual transmission because he wanted a manual. I kind of helped him do it a little bit, but I think he did most of the work. And um, so I told, I was telling Dave, you know, because Dave's a master mechanic, you know, and uh, excellent uh, does excellent work. And um, I was telling him, I said, you know, I'm getting more comfortable working on cars now. And I said, I guess, you know, before when I would work on them, I worked at a supermarket and the car was my only transportation to get to my job. I got the car when I was like 16, I think. And uh, so I would work after school. I'd work at a, at a supermarket. And um, I got in such fear because when that thing would break, I couldn't get to work. I didn't know what to do. So I, I began to have like fear of working on cars because I would try to work on it. And, you know, I lived in the north, like northern Indiana on the border of Michigan. So I'd work on the car and things rust up there worse than here. And so you work and it busts off. And you're like, oh. and I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know what to do. So because of my lack of knowledge and my lack of finance, uh, I was fearful of it. And, and so, you know, we were just talking on the phone as I asked him some question about something mechanical. And I told him, I said, you know, I think I was kind of like in fear about that. Because I have fear of lack. When I was in the military, I didn't make a lot of money. And um, I remember I would have fear of lack of uh, toiletries, like deodorants. Because uh, you go to the store and you're like, man, this costs a lot of money. <laughs> I don't really know if I have money for that, but you got to have that. You don't, won't have any friends if you don't have that. <laughs> Well, I was a Christian, all right, but I didn't understand the will of God, and not even just the will of God. It is the will of God to prosper you, that you prosper and be in health, but not just that. I didn't understand what redemption through Christ accomplished for me. I thought, this just has to do with going to heaven when you die. Good people in the churches I was in, you know, but... We just didn't have the full understanding. 
And as soon as I got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to, I could begin to get so much revelation, more than what I'd ever had, so much light. And then Kenneth Hagin came to a church I was uh, sneaking off to, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and then began to teach about faith. And I had never heard faith taught like that or anything taught like that. And it just changed me. And because I grew up not understanding that, I'm still in awe of the goodness of God. Yeah. That financially, it doesn't matter if something on my vehicle breaks because God is my provider. Amen. Now, if it breaks and I'm like, oh, I don't know where I'm going to get the money for that from. In other words, I let that attitude, that thinking, that, that contrary to what the Bible says come my way, well, then I give access to the enemy. Then he has a pathway in, and then, yeah, I, yeah that's why people get confused. They say, well, like, how can you believe that God is your provider? Well, because that person doesn't actually believe that. They just say it. If you actually believe that God is your provider, when unexpected expenses come, who do you look to? Like, this is not a problem for us. I remember Brother Hagin, people would really bless him, and somebody gave him like a super nice watch. I remember he told this story one time. That watch, you know, it just, uh, it caught on something, and it broke and fell to the ground. It was probably like a thirty or $40,000 watch. I don't, I don't know. It was a very expensive watch. I think it was a Rolex or something somebody had blessed him with. And uh, he just said, hmm, and went on. Why? Because it doesn't matter. It's just earthly. And plus, there's more where that came from. But if you worked for, you know, I don't know how long you have to work for that, like years, depending on your salary, to save up money for that, and you got it because of your effort, well, you better be a little bit more upset about it. Why? Because you're thinking you have to do the same thing again. I got to get like a part-time job for three or four years to get this, you know, you know, if you like that, I'm not that big into stuff like that. But anyhow, you know, if you if something that you really like. No, but if God is your source, there's nothing that is too big for him. There is nothing that came unexpected to him. And he is the ultimate supply. He'll bring it to pass. And there's nothing quite as sweet as watching the provision of the Lord, whether it's uh, for your spirit once you, when you get born again or for your mind or for your body or for your finance when everything else is contrary. That is called the spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. David had that spirit of faith when he ran at Goliath who was trash talking him. He's like, you're going to die today. You're sinning like a little kid. You just little kid. You can't do anything. You don't have any strength. You don't have any experience. What's wrong with you? And he said, how dare you defy the armies of the living God? I will this day cut your head off. Well, David got what he believed and said not that we don't have to do something, but the main thing we do is believe God and we act on what he says. Faith is acting on what God says. And faith comes from hearing God speak. And to hear God speak, you have to get in the word. You have to feed on the word. You don't get faith from praying. 
The only faith you get from praying is when God speaks when you pray. So if you don't believe that God speaks in prayer, uh, I don't even know what you're doing. You're just asking for a bunch of stuff, but you don't even know if you get it. Unless I guess you see something happen. But when God speaks, faith is present. You have substance. Like if I could just hear from God. Once I hear from God, I've got stability. I've got staying power. I've got a foundation. Once he speaks, it's all over. So if you can hear him speak about your situation in the word, you have grounds to stand on that go beyond any expert. I like Dad Hagen. He said, I've been criticized by experts. <laughs> He's like, so your little criticism does not really bother me that much. I have experts who have studied this their whole life who have criticized me. But the thing is, the word works. So I, um, I was uh, sneaking off to this church, and uh, Kenneth Hagin came to visit the church. They're doing ministry meetings, and I always liked to glean from older, more experienced people. And so I, I saw the picture, and I'm like, this is great. You know, I'm going to um, learn a lot. I didn't know who he was. And uh, some things happened that first night, manifestations of the Spirit I had never seen in my life. I had just been filled with the Spirit for like a few months, and I was like, woo, I don't know if this is of the Lord or of the devil. <laughs> well, you're laughing at me, but I was, you know, like, uh, maybe I guess like some of the religious people of Jesus' time, because they're like, he is casting out devils by, by uh, you know, the devil. And he's like, Jesus like, does that really make sense? <laughs> Think about what you're saying, right? Why? Because you get thinking religiously, and you don't even... Uh, you're outside of the flow of the Spirit and the plan of God. You're just trying to come up with man's explanation for what God has done or why God did not act. So you get outside of the territory of the Lord. So I'm there in the, in the service, all this stuff, and I go home, and um, the Lord, uh, I, I was kind of like dissatisfied. I'm like, Lord, what was that? Was that of you or was that of the devil? Like, what in the world? I gave $5 in the offering because I was concerned it might not be of you. And I don't want to support the devil's work, but I want to support your work. <laughs> and, you know, I love, I love the Lord. He spoke to me, inward witness. But it was clear. I mean, I, 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 can, I, I, um, I can say the words that he impressed upon my spirit as just crystal clear. Same, same. spiritual things never grow old. So you have experiences with the Lord, you can just remember like, like it was just then because he's outside of time. So he spoke to my spirit, and he said, go back in the morning, and if you still have trouble with it, then I'll talk to you about it. Well, at that time, the Lord had never spoke to me like that. But it wasn't like an audible voice. I just had such a knowing on the inside, it was as good as an audible voice. It was better, really, because it's the inward witness. And I'm acquainted with the inward witness. When I got filled with the Spirit a few months before that, uh, my friend's mother wanted to, you know, was praying for him and his wife to be filled with the Spirit. And then they said, hey, would you like to be filled with the Spirit? And I said, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. And the second those words came out of my mouth, I said, yes, I would like to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because the same Spirit that I received when I was born again and that I would sense when he was moving upon people to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, 
convicting the world of sin. That same spirit was the same sense or um, um, perception that I had at that moment when she said, would you like to be filled with the spirit? And I just spoke before I had a chance. My mind had a chance to shut down my mouth because I hadn't renewed my mind as much then. Right. Many times you have the well, if you're born again, you actually all the time have the answer on the inside. But many times we put a barrier between that answer and where we're at by unrenewed thinking causing unrenewed speaking. So we put a barrier. So the reality is we have all of the things in redemption the second we're born again. And if you know someone that has never had any experience with Christ, or or not with Christ, but with the church, with religion, and they pray to receive Christ, and they have sickness in their body, you ought to just command that sickness to leave them right there and then because uh, almost every time they will be instantly healed. Why? They don't have any false teaching to kind of stop it up like the Lord's trying to teach you something through this. Lies of of the enemy. They don't have that baggage. But if you have that baggage, don't just don't get down on yourself. You feed on the Word. The Word produces what it is. He sent His Word and healed them. So if you haven't received the Word that He sent and you're not healthy, it's because you haven't received the Word He sent. As soon as you see it, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Think of someone right now that's not healthy and they're struggling in this arena. If the Lord spoke to them right now, maybe that's exactly what he would quicken to them. Like, Lord, what do I do? Uh, I've tried this, I've tried that. My son, attend to my words, not these other words. Incline your ear to what I'm saying, not what everybody else is saying. You listen to me. For they are life to those that find them and health to all of their flesh. Glory to God. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, fat, skinny, tall, short, young, old. If you can just receive the word, you're free. He whom the Son has set free is really free. A lot of people walk around like, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. I'm so glad I'm not a believer. I can do whatever I want. You know what? I do whatever I want all the time. Just get born again and do whatever you want because your wants change. Your nature changes. His wants are my wants. My wants are his wants. He gave me wants. He put a hunger on the inside of me. There is a hunger on the inside of every human being for God himself, and they go about lots of other ways to try and establish that hunger. They get drunk. They try to get wealthy. They try to be in great authorities in politics and whatever else. On drugs get real sexual about everything. They're trying to fulfill something. It's a a cry for dominion and it's a cry for belonging and it's a cry for rightness. So I say like, what I feel is, everybody should accept what I feel. That's a cry for dominion. That's a cry for for righteousness. Actually, they want righteousness. They're going about to establish their own righteousness. Well, in that way, you'll you'll never establish it. In fact, you're then given over to a debased mind to do things that no human should do. And you bring yourself under a curse. 
You got to act on the word. I esteem your word above everything else to be true. The word is true. In every situation, you ought to say, what does the word say? What's the word say? What's the word on this? Why? Because you have the most solid ground, more than your best friend. Your spiritual best friend who you call about everything. I don't really care what they say if it's not in line with the word. We are not old covenant believers. We are new covenant believers. And new covenant believers are not left at whatever the priest or pastor or minister says. New covenant believers, you ought to be sitting right now in this service and you ought to be listening with your spirit to the Holy Spirit because he will teach you, he will guide you, he will say, yeah, that's right, no, that's not right. Or he'll stop and say, you'll get a whole nother message other than what I spoke. Because he's working in you. He's bringing light, revelation, understanding specific to you and specific to me. Because he's not satisfied you with you living the way that you're living right now. He wants, he wants you more blessed. He wants you to be a greater example, a greater witness. He wants to get you more full of him and less full of you, more conscious of him and less conscious of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have circumstances come then, you don't know what to do. You ought to just say that under your breath. Well, greater, is, I don't know what to do, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world and he created the world so he knows what to do. So I look to him now, I esteem what he says above all else. Lord, what you say is what I'm gonna do. And so you just speak and I will follow. Yes. And then don't listen here, listen here. Right, right. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. He is the head of the church, his body. And if you're born again, you're part of the church, the body. And he will speak. God speaks. And if you'll listen, you'll find you can talk with him all throughout the day, and you should. I said uh, early this morning for, for our people that are serving, uh, that we're serving today, I was talking about it. My son and I, yesterday, we went and had quite an experience. <laughs> we went to the DMV. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know what Maryland or D.C., what their status is of the real ID, but Virginia was a little late implementing it. <laughs> so because of that, it seems like everybody in Virginia is pretty much trying to go to the DMV. You know, real ID means you can't fly after October 20th of 2020 uh, unless you have a passport or a, a driver's license with the real ID feature on it. So if you don't have it, you know, get it done. <laughs> go in line. To, go to the DMV. <laughs> You've got like a year and two months, so it's okay. So we're in line, and we, I had gone the week before, but I thought the line's way too long. So I thought, we'll go before it opens and wait before. And oh, <laughs> It was so much longer, but they weren't open, so I thought, okay, a bunch of people will rush in there, and then it won't be so bad, and it wasn't really so horrible, but so we're in line, and it's Isaac, my oldest son, and um, I noticed the lady right in front of us, she said something, we just chatted for a second, and then like about four people in front of us, can you believe this? Don't they know how to manage something? What are they doing? And then somebody like three or four people in front of them said, yeah, this is horrible. You know, I, I heard this branch was the branch that's not busy. And, and 
Then the lady that works there was out in her car having a cigarette before work. And she overheard that, and she said, oh, yeah, it's the busy one now. You ought to go somewhere else. Uh, the DMV is like a study in people and personalities. It's just so, every time I have to physically go there, I'm like, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> but you know, I, I didn't say it right there because I didn't want to uh, like, uh, offend anybody. But I just, I pulled Isaac close and I said, Isaac, I said, just don't worry about it. Uh, let's just pray and we'll listen to Brother Hagen. So we had these little AirPods. I put one in my ear, one in his ear, and we did that. And in other words, I'm trying to teach him uh, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That no matter what circumstance you're in, even something as trivial as the DMV, but, you know, you can get all worked up. And that, I don't know if it's a spirit behind it, probably is. That works on people. That flows together. And then you get a whole crowd. <laughs> Study crowd mentality in the Bible sometime. It's not a good thing. Like Babel. You know, many things, all these people get together and they decide and this is what's happening. But in the midst of no matter the circumstance that you're in, you ought to develop a reliance from your spirit on the spirit of the Lord. That you can just be at total peace. I remember Brother Hagin when he used to fly commercial. He's there in the singers and band group who we also travel with. They, um, as part of, um, they told us he's at the airport and, uh, you know, flight delays and all this stuff and you're listening and everything. Everybody's doing the same thing. Complaining at the counter and doing all this stuff and they can't do anything about it, you know. He's just sitting there with his eyes closed. They said, we thought he was sleeping. And we're all like, what's going on? This, this, this. All of a sudden, he opens his eyes and he said, that's our flight, let's go. And they're like, what are you talking about? He said, you didn't hear it? They just called our flight and now we're going. And they went. But they were all stressed out, upset, in the flesh, but he's just there at peace. Why? Well, he's learned that I'm going to rely on the Lord in every situation. And there's nothing too big for God. He'll take care of us. He'll provide a way. It's not a problem for God. If you're a person of faith, uh, there is no situation that's too big. Because God has always and will always make a way of escape. And he will bless you. You say, that's the last one? No, there's a lot more where that came from. The Lord, the Lord will provide for you, and he'll do things in your heart money cannot buy. There is something so special about relying on the Lord to live your life. It's called, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. You may have had experiences in your life, loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord that you can't do anything about. Jesus is Lord. He knows how to do something in your heart that no human could ever do. He gives you some substance and some stability. Brother Hagen, when his mom was passing away, he knew, I think, two years ahead of time she's going to pass away. And uh, he said, the second she slipped from earth to heaven, 
First words he said out of his mouth in a whisper was, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Why? He set his course. In other words, this is not the end of mama. Mama is in victory. It is far better to go and be with the Lord than to remain with you. (laughs) I'm just quoting Paul. What? He put his words out there. Why? Well, his dad left when they were six years old. He would have like lots of instability. His mom went crazy after she left because she got overly concerned about the money. What are we going to do? They had a higher lifestyle. She wanted to keep that higher lifestyle. And, you know, so she kind of went crazy and ended up coming back and standing on the word and getting free from that. But it affected him emotionally. You have emotions. God gave you emotions, but not to rule you. So what do you do? You speak it. You you be just like Jesus. Jesus said, all I'm doing, all I'm saying is what I heard my father say, what I saw my father do. That's what I do. So that's why the faith life is the freest life you could possibly live. Say, why are you doing that? Well, I'm following the Lord. The word says this. This is what I'm doing. Well, why do you give like that? Because the word and it's true. And now I can testify. Uh, you, you, you test and see that the Lord is good. Prove and see that the Lord will provide for you. Then you have a testimony. Then you have boldness in your voice. I can tell you, we gave like the last amount of money in our account so many times before we moved out here. And knowing like we don't have money to live in Washington, D.C. This is not the time to empty the bank account. We had some extra expenses come up. We had some stuff on credit card, which I despise. But I kept, the Lord kept saying, you need to sow that. You need to sow that. And I'm like, Lord, I don't really need to sow that. And then all of a sudden he said, aren't you planting a church? Don't you need some harvest? And I said, well, yeah, but now's not a good time. He said, well, you think it'd be better once you get there? No. Okay. So I sow. Plead with me, he said. I'm pleading with him, like, Lord, don't you know? I mean, I don't know how many times we did. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that the word is true. Because what? He multiplied our seed sown. He provided for us. We are full-time at the church. I don't have another source of income. God is blessing and multiplying, increasing the church. In people, in finance, in anointing. Why? Well, Taste and see that the Lord is good. So you cannot just say this is what the word says. You say this is what the word says and I have taken a bite out of it. (laughs) And it tastes good. (laughs) Hallelujah. God is a good God. And he is a providing God. And the more that you think about, chew on, and speak who he is and what he does, the more you will see it manifest or show up in your life. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when you actually have hope for something, turn your hope into faith. 
In other words, you have a desire. You can imagine it. You can see it. But as soon as you know that God said it, you have substance. You don't have to physically feel it. You actually have something that's more stable than physically feeling because the seen world is subject to the unseen world. And when you have received it in the unseen world, you know that substance. You just, you can't explain why, but you're like, I just know. How do you know? I don't know how I know. I just know. I, 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 it's done. I'm not even concerned about it. I'm not even worried about it. Well, yeah, but you still look the same. Your body's still doing the same thing. Uh, but that doesn't bother me one bit because I know what he said, and I've got it. I am healed. I am whole. I am healthy. I am not going back. You watch, and you want to see a testimony, you'll see my body change. Amen. You have that stability. That's how you know if you're believing God. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God for verily I say to you that whoever will say to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe those things that he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Have faith in God. Lay hold of the very faith of God. You know when you're doing that. Like you're conscious of it. There is a boldness that you have that goes beyond your flesh. But you're like, okay, I don't really care if you don't believe this. I know this. You don't have to believe it. A guy said to Brother Hagin after one of his services, he said, you know all that stuff you're preaching about faith and healing? He said, I don't believe a word of it. He said, well, that's not my problem. That's yours. <laughs> and he said, the guy, he said, at least he was like credible. Uh, well, no, I can't remember the word he used. But he said, respectable. He said, because he said, hmm, you know what? You're right. That is my problem, not yours. <laughs> I mean, the thing about that is you'll have whatever you say. So another guy came up to him after the service and said, you know, that doesn't work. Mark 11, 23 and 24 does not work. He's like, what did you say? He said, Mark 11, 23 and 24, you'll have whatever you say. That does not work. He said, what did you say? He said, I said, Mark 11, 23 and 24 doesn't work that you'll have whatever you say. He said, what did you say? He said, I said... Oh, it was working. <laughs> he didn't believe that it worked. He got what he said. What did he believe? What he said. Well, Mark eleven twenty three and 24 free you from almost every situation, any situation, any time. Whosoever, whatsoever. Are you a whosoever? Is your situation whatsoever? Just don't leave out verse 22. Our reliance is on God. If you can just find out what God says about it, you got it made. Then you just release your faith. If you believe God, if you esteem what he says about all else to be true, it might be something you're, a new situation you don't understand, you don't even know what to do. He knows what to do. You just say, well, I've said that before. Lord, I don't understand that, but I know I esteem 
what you say, your precepts, above everything else to be true. And so, I don't, in my head, I don't understand that, but in my heart, I know it's in that verse. So I need you to do what you said you would do. You said your Holy Spirit would teach us all things and bring us into light, bring us light, understanding. So I'm asking you for light, understanding, and revelation on that verse. Man, the Lord will do it. He did it, opened up understanding. You're like, <gasps> never saw that before. What happens when you see that? It's like a sigh of relief. You're like, ah. Why? The entrance of your words gives light, gives understanding to the simple. Right? So you get understanding. As soon as you hear God speak, you're free. I don't mean audibly hear the Lord speak. Do you understand? He can speak that way, but it's always a confirmation of something else he's already said. The word and the spirit agree. He's not just going to speak outside of his word. So you just, you just go to his word. You find what you're looking for, what you need, and you find that in the word, and you begin to chew on that word until that word is more real to you than all the other inputs that you have, trying to get your attention, trying to get your money, trying to get your time. Say, no, I'm focused on the Lord right now. I'm receiving from him. You, you meditate on your word. Moses died, amazing leader. Joshua takes over and the Lord said to him, meditate in the word. That's how you're going to make your way prosperous. That's how you're going to have good success. No matter your, what arena you serve in in life, you meditate in the word. There is life in the word, freedom in the word, deliverance in the word. You just bring the word. Somebody dies, you bring the word. Cast out devils, raise the dead, heal the sick. The word's still true. The word never changes. Man changes, the word doesn't change. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me shall never die. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you can know today that if you were to die, that you're going to heaven. You're on your way to heaven. And it doesn't come because you, you know the right people because of your relationships with anybody except your relationship with God. It doesn't come because God has done something good for you. You could have been uh, paralyzed and God has raised you up. But if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you're not in the family of God. And if you were to pass away, you wouldn't go to heaven. You would go to hell. God has a plan for your life. He wants you with Him. The word says, as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. Those are the ones he gave access to. You must be born again. Not going back to your mother like the Pharisee thought, ruler of the law. Jesus said, no, no, you got to be born from above. This is a new life. You're made new in your spirit. So you must be born again. If you're here this morning and you have never been born again, reborn from God, 
from above and you'd like to be, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to, I want to pray for you. And if you're here this morning, number two, and you have been living for the Lord in the past, but you kind of got distracted, let the things of the world come in and just, just you've kind of given up on the Lord and you're going a different direction in life, but you know in your heart, man, I need to come back. I need to come back into Father's house. I need to come back into the family that, that I walked away from. If that's you this morning, I want to pray with you as well. Slip up your hand. I'll pray with you and for you. And number three, if you've never been filled with the Spirit, maybe you're born again. Well, you've got to be born again to be filled. But maybe you're born again and you've never been filled with the Spirit and you'd like to be. Man, when I was born again, I mean, excuse me, when I was filled with the Spirit, the greatest thing in my life that changed was light and revelation of the Word. Just came alive to me. If you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, slip up your hand. We'll pray with you and pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray that there wouldn't be a person here or watching. Father, that if they don't know you, that they would uh, come to know you today before they go to sleep, Father, that they, as they lay in their bed, that they would call out to you, the living God. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you for freedom in Christ. Thank you for strength that only you could give. Thank you, Father, for the substance of faith that when we believe you, like we leave with something we didn't have, that we have met with you, that you have invigorated us, you have uh, enlarged us and strengthened us. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. And Father, we thank you for what Jesus did on the cross, that what he did uh, to heal us, to save us, to bless us financially, but that he also protects us in every way. Father, I thank you for the protecting power of his lifeblood on every person under the sound of my voice this week as we go. In Jesus' name, no accident will overtake us and no evil will come upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.